Hold on tight, this one's a bit intense. Taylor here with the usual pre-show spiel. As always, thank you so much for listening. There are two more episodes of Ladybug after this one, and then we'll launch straight into Painting Darkness, a flashback scenario that takes place in Fred's past while he was working for M-Epic in Canada. Hop aboard and play along with us on Discord, where we're starting community games, or just come and hang out, chat, and meet others who are interested in RPGs. If you'd like to support the show, the easiest way to do that is to tell someone about Stories and Lies, if you think they might enjoy it. We also have a Patreon, where you can find extra content and contribute toward this project we love so much. As I mentioned at the top, this episode is a little intense, so listener discretion is advised. Feel free to check out our show notes for content warnings, and prepare to roll San. Here's episode 18, The Sickle. Banks are mostly clean, but... They're coming after me. I don't know who they are. But you gotta take this along. Implications... Oh, good, Wayne. Well, there you are. I could really use your help with something. Oh, Mr. Morrison, you need to finish telling me your story. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I'll do that, son. Uh, it's just that I was hoping that you could first help me find some of my things. You see, this is my room, right? My room? So where are all my things? I don't un- really understand. Now, I've never been a man who collects a lot of knickknacks and memorabilia. I-, I didn't take photos with famous folk and hang them on my walls. Hell. I hardly even got around to framing my law degree or my judicial appointment order. But I know, I know that I kept a few odds and ends around my office and around my house. You know, little things. Things that I like to look at. I don't recall you having anything with you when you arrived, Mr. Morrison. You didn't bring in a single box of personal effects? Personal effects? It's what we call the leftovers of a dead man. It's used broadly, sir. I mean, even prisoners are allowed to put personal bits of memorabilia and photos and things on their walls. So, where's my stuff? I mean, how the hell have I been living in this room for months now, and I still don't have a single bit of personalization on my walls? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? A- am I under a conservatorship? Was I forced into the facility against my will? I mean, why don't I have any of my old things Mr. here? Mr. Morrison, your memory is very good about details that happened 30 years ago. And you clearly remember all of our past interactions since I've known you. Frankly, you seem perfectly fine to me. I don't know what to say. I suppose I can ask the head nurse to have one of your doctors to come speak to you. Fine. Fine. I, just, I, I take it all back. I do not want her to send in Dr. D, and I I most certainly do not want some medical doctor coming in here and telling me that my my mind is deteriorating. I don't think none of that will help me. Okay. So, if that's all put aside, could we finish your story today? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm okay if you have the time. I made the time. I have plenty of time. This is the only thing I've been looking forward to all day today. So, um, where do we leave off? Oh, you stopped at the worst part. When everything was going wrong, they were under siege. Fred made it back and was shot right away. He was hiding out on the stairs, bleeding, and suddenly a swarm of locusts arrived. Fred was trying to find his way back to the room and Dorothy... 
Doherty goes crazy and decides to summon the Passover angel. And and then it appeared. It actually appeared. Yeah, yeah that's not the worst of it. Are you sure you really want to hear this, son? I've come this far. The original story that was told to me was filled with lies and half-truths. Things were conveniently neglected to protect the guilty. I blame myself, though. I, mean, I sent them out there. I let them bring in Willow. I trusted them to finish the job that George had started. So, I'm telling you this story now, son, as a way to help me deal with my mistakes, my guilt. This is a confession of a sort. Do you understand me? I think so. But Mr. Morrison, what went so wrong? Did they all die in that hotel room? That can't be the case, can it? Who lied to you? Who told you these stories? Who made it out? It took me a very long time before I found out the truth. This is the truth, son. I'm sorry that my story ends like this, but this, well, this is how it all went to hell. They tell me all your stories All the little worries you cry They tell me what the world needs What to say, who to please Where my loyalties should lie They tell me what you're building We return to our store on Saturday night, outside of the Twin Oaks Motel. Uh, a, a storm, a swarm of locusts has descended upon the hotel, uh, blanketing everything and c including the lights, making everything a dim, buzzing fury, um, especially for those outside. Um, so Agent Fred Fontaine, you are still on the second floor balcony. You are scampering back towards the room covered in locusts making it difficult to see and even difficult to breathe at times as you work your way back to the front um, and you can barely see in front of you because um, the, the, the lights are a, a foggy swarm of bugs the uh, the railing and the stairway and the walkway are covered in locusts they're swarming on the walls and on the windows and on the roof and on the railings and as you work your way back, you can kind of remember what room it was. It's a small motel. and you. But you see there locusts hitting the window, locusts hitting the walls, locusts in front of you. You're stepping on them. You're crushing them beneath your feet with every step that you take toward the front door. Fred, as you make it to the front door of the room, you try the doorknob. It's locked. He'd, um trying to, to bat every locust away, uh, bleeding from his leg, uh, and 
pretty desperate at this point. Uh, he just take a step back and try to kick the door in. And so his wound is really his lower back and his side, mm. more so than his leg. Um, and it's bleeding. It's through and through. It's bleeding both ends. Um, and you've mostly blocked the pain out. And the adrenaline has helped you block the pain. Uh, it doesn't interfere with your movement. But with every quick motion you make, more blood is being forced out of your body. Uh, and it's soaked the front and the back of your suit. But you can make it take a chance at kicking open that thick motel door. Do you want to do that right now? That is what he would do, yeah. All right. Give me a strength minus 20. Nope. <laughs> what do you get? I got 87. All right. This is not a, yes, not a critic, but it's still a failure. Um, yep. And what Fred discovers as he kicks at the door... Um, doesn't take any injuries from this but that door is solid reinforced the, the lock whatever it, it, it does not budge the frame doesn't break and, and you and you feel it in your leg and your foot as you go you impact the door mm. like a sudden jolt like you're kicking a wall as opposed to kicking a door he, he stumbles a bit and almost kind of falls on the door like he was putting ev like every ounce of his strength in that kick and it does not work um, is there a window? So, I mean, if you slam up against the door, you back up a bit. Uh, the window is directly to your left. Um, and it's maybe a, about eight feet from where the door is. Mm. Um, and it's, um, the locusts are on the wall next to you and also on the window. Yeah. And they're kind of, cr they're just crawling and climbing and swarming and moving around. And the whole area is being blanketed with these, these little grasshoppers. Right. But you see the window. He he knows that breaking it would, would allow the locusts in, but at that point he needs to get inside. Uh, so he would um, probably with his, with his, not shoot with his gun, but using the, um, the uh, what you call it, the... Uh, like the butt. Yeah, the butt of the weapon. Basically just break the, the window and try to get in. Okay. And as you go to the window there, the bugs are all over it, and you can... Fred, you make out the um, spiral pattern, uh, fracture pattern of, of caused by bullets in this window. Mm -hmm. So you you see, there's a couple of holes that have been pierced in this window, causing these these you know small spiral circular fractures all over the place. Um, and there's already a couple of small holes in the window, closer to the right side near the frame. Mm -hmm. So as you crack that with the with the stock of your or the butt of your pistol, you start breaking pieces of glass out, and the bugs start swarming into the hole and working their way in. And all around you, you see more and more of these locusts. Almost seem like they're attracted to the broken window. They start coming in above you and around you and below you and up you and near your nose and your mouth and your face. It's flying towards these breaks in the window as you crack and smash and, and break at it. He, he tries to, to just get them away, like block them almost. Um, and, and he's just desperately trying to get in at this point. He's exhausted. Uh, he, you said it, it's adrenaline. Like right now it's survival instinct. So he's, he's just trying to hide. All right, so I want to cut to what's going on on the inside of this motel room. So directly behind this break in the glass, um, the curtain right behind the glass, bugs are crawling in and around and through the curtain and into the room. 
around the mattress, which has been pressed up against most of this window. The bugs are kind of working their way around. The little grasshoppers are swarming in down to the floor up along the ceiling of the hotel room. It's um, There's a light on in here uh, on the lamp that's still going. And there's a light in the bathroom. Actually, the light in the bathroom has gone out. So moving into the bathroom, in the bathroom doorway, we have Willow. Uh, the massive frame of Willow pretty much filling the door of the small motel room bathroom. Directly in front of Willow is Dorothy. Um, Dorothy is standing in front of the circle that she has drawn with her ruby red lipstick on the floor of the bathroom. The summoning circle, the commuting circle or whatnot. And directly above this circle, a sh large shadowy angelic figure has arisen and risen up and filled the space from where the toilet is, occupying most of the rest of this bathroom all the way up to the ceiling and sort of hunched and crouched over with its strange, long, oblong, raven-like wings kind of folding in around it. Um, in the tub, we have uh, both Lindsay Peel as well as Regina Balfour who have been knocked unconscious. Uh, but this thing, this shadow being, has arisen before Dorothy and Willow, and it's a mere foot and a half away from you, filling most of the room. Um, in its place of a face, it almost has like a black cowl. Um, featureless, like, you know, um, like a funeral mask uh, of shadow. And looking down upon Dorothy and Willow, um, and it, its voice is really more like, like the wind or a, a breeze blowing through the trees. Um, and so you hear that sound, that willowing, wisping, blowing sound coming from it, even though you don't feel any movement in the air. And somewhere out beyond the room, there's the, the rumble of insects and grasshoppers in the, the hotel room behind you. Dorothy, what do you want to do? So she is standing there and she's looking up at this thing. And I think part of her is terrified, but part of her feels like, you know, I've read about this. I've, I've, I've talked with people who have done things like this. You know, I'm, I'm capable of handling this situation right now and we'll, we'll see, I guess. Um, but she's going to kind of look up at it and fists clenched at her sides She's going to say, what did John promise you? The large shadowy being before you seems to float up and down like it's bobbing in the, the wind. Its wings slowly flutter. All right. Its head looking down at you. This is the black mask of nothingness. Um, and it replies, I do not know your name. Well, I know yours. I am death. I am peace. I am the end of suffering. I am the end of all things. You wish to speak to me. You wish to call me and ask me questions. Nyarlathotep, I know your name. I know you. I know what you're doing. And I'm the one who conjured you here. And you're going to do what I ask. So what she's trying here is a tactic that she's read about. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it moves its wings once again, but a little bit more forcefully this time. All right. Um, and the shadows of its motion seem to suck the light, all the reflected light out of the room as it moves. And like it creates an absence of light in its rise and fall. All right. Um, and there's a strange sound that bellows from it that maybe is laughter. Oops. This thing could laugh. What is your name? And she shouts, Nyarlathotep, I bind you and constrain you here under my will by the authority of God. Uh, it makes that sort of coughing sound again. You dare speak of me as if you know me, as if this name means anything to me. What is your name? I'm just kind of looking back and forth between the entity in the back of Dorothy's head, like, fuck, I hope she's got this. You will cease all of this. You will cease what you're doing right now. I will cease speaking? Is that your request? That we end this conversation? You'll cease these plagues. You'll cease this this chaos and death that you're trying to rain down on the world. I come in the darkness when the ritual is complete and the stars are aligned. I will come into this world. And you, your pleadings do not stop me. The people you're trying to hurt are innocent people. Even the ones who conjured you even the ones who are at fault for this situation are innocent in the face of your evil. And I demand that you put an end to this right now. Again, it makes that sort of coughing, huffing noise. And the wings flutter again. It speaks. I bring peace. And when I come, I will spare all those who are not. Born first. Why? That is what I do. That is what I am. No, it isn't. That is what my being, my purpose is. No, it isn't. What is your name? Uh, can I roll an occult roll? Yeah, go for it. I want to get a feel for um how Dorothy. Uh, it's a twenty-seven under. I think sixty. Yeah, I mean, with her occult, she knows the. Uh, Traditionally, there is a power in names that she's aware of that yep. she, I'm sure she's very concerned about. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's definitely not going to give it her name. Um, and, and I think that hearing it ask is actually reassuring to her because it, it means that, or she thinks that it means that this thing can't like read her mind, doesn't know who she is, that sort of thing. But what I'm really curious about is in the face of this experience, this is the first time that she's ever done any kind of thing like this. You know, she's, she's done other things that are kind of in a similar vein, but nothing like conjuring an entity um, like this. And I think she is, well, how, how is she reading the situation? I'm, I'm guessing this is not going as she had hoped or planned. Right. Yeah, she. Uh, I think she's still unsure, but thus far, yeah. 
she's not dead and hasn't done anything. So those are those are two good things. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to do something. What does Will want to do? Dorothy's not going to like it. Tom's going to like it. I would like to see if I can acquire a feather from the wing of this entity. Okay. Um, it shouldn't be difficult for you to reach where the darkness is, so I'll let you go. Yep. When you reach there, um, roll POW for me. Okay, so it's 14. Oof. All right. Roll a 75. All right. I think a 14 is essentially a 70 as far as I'm percentile. Yeah, 70 percentile. Correct. Yeah. All right. So um, as you reach into the darkness where the where the where you see the wings flutter up and down, you reach to where the edge of the wing would be. All right. And touch the shadow. Right. All right. Um, Will, of the sense you get is, is that you are touching the cold. Um, that you are, um, it's, it's worse than, a, it's more than a freezer. It's like you're, you're touching, um, frozen, um, dry ice. Dry it's ice. Dry ice type of temperature. Like you just, you put your hand on dry ice. Okay. It's a suddenly, that's what you feel as you touch this shadow. And you don't grasp a feather, you're grasping cold. You're touching living coldness and the absence of heat, the absence of light. Um, in that space, and it, and it gives you that burn, that sudden burn, as you feel the cold touch your fingers. I would recoil, but there's no tangibility to it, right? Like, I didn't... Not that you can tell. Okay. Yeah. Pull my hand back and kind of look at it like... Dorothy, in seeing that, um, I think she's she's going to glance over at it. She's got a very stern look on her face, but not not making a stern expression towards Willow, just sort of like, she's looking very fierce. Um, and I don't think you've ever seen her looking like this before. Um, she's normally very kind of soft and calm for the most part. And I think she's going to turn back to this, this thing and say, I want to make a deal with you. Um, the uh, head shifts from one side to the other like it's considering your offer. The wings slowly beat a bit. Um, there's a, a strange sigh-like sounding, a long breath. Do you wish to bargain? My head snaps to Dorothy at that point. Like, uh, that would be scary to Willow. What do you want? I can give you whatever it is that you wish within reason. In exchange for... What is it that you offer? You want to bring death? You want to bring peace to... The people? To the firstborns? I, I do this. This is in my nature. What do you call yourself? Willow's still just in the back, pondering her hand. Can I roll awareness to see if I notice the fucking locust coming in the window? Um, what is her awareness? She may not have to roll at this point. Uh, 30%. Yeah, go ahead and roll for it. Yeah, this, this roll for it. It's this pretty low, yeah. Right yeah, a little distracted, right? Oh, that'll work though. Eighteen. Yeah. So, um, you feel something hit your hit the back of your neck and your shoulder and the back of your, your hair and get something back there and you look and you see these little grasshoppers. You see a bunch of them, and they they're they're starting to crawl across the ceiling. 
They're not gonna... like the swarms are like are gathering on the ceiling of this motel and starting to move their way, um, you know, in, in little little uh, gosh, like little jerky movements and, and flutters in your direction towards the bathroom. And they're not concerned with the shadow at all, right? Not. Uh, they haven't made it to the restroom yet, but they're just okay. starting to gather in that little alcove right outside the bathroom, mostly above you and some on the wall and a few on the floor. I would mumble something about the uh, the symbol not working on insects. Uh, so, so this thing asks Dorothy her name again. Yeah. And uh, she starts kind of saying, almost under her breath, but she's, and, and Willow, you could probably hear this, um, that she says... God is the Lord of the universe. God is he whom the winds fear. God is he who made all things by command of his voice. King, ruler, and helper, I call upon thee. Hear me and subject unto me all daemons, so that every daemon, whether heavenly or aerial or earthly or subterranean or terrestrial or aquatic, might be obedient unto me and every enchantment and scourge which is from God. And then she looks right up at this thing and she says, it, the, the tone in her in her presence kind of shifts she becomes much calmer and she sort of says with this almost like mimicking its flat affect and, and dark tone she says you want to know my name I am he the headless daemon with sight in my feet I am the mighty one who possesses the immortal fire I am the truth who hates the fact that unjust deeds are done in this world. I am the one who makes the lightning flash and the thunder roll. I am the one whose sweat falls upon the earth as rain so that life can begin. I am the one whose mouth burns completely. I am the one who begets and destroys. I am the favor of the Aeon. My name is a heart encircled by a serpent. Come forth and follow Nyarlathotep. It's good. Well, I want to cut back out to Fred. So, uh, Fred, you have broken the window sufficiently, you think. And, and of course, the, the locusts are swarming in the holes that you have made. But it's now man-sized, enough for you to crawl in if you want to, with the rest of the bugs. Not much of a choice, yeah. <laughs> So before you do that, uh, give me an alertness roll, but at, at a minus 40. Oh, man. So an, an alertness roll? Nope, 92. Okay. So um, you begin to climb in, um, and you, you notice um, like a chunk of the window kind of off to the left corner. Like it's, it's shattered. Out of nowhere, basically, but as you work your way in, as you crawl in the window, there's a mattress blocking you, and there's a small sliver of room where the curtain is. And so, Fred, you're able to push your way through the curtain, basically, and around that, that queen-size mattress, um, and tumble. Christ, I've just got this room. the image that he's pushing the mattress and squeezed by the locusts in his back. It's terrible. Yeah, and yeah, and the bugs are the bugs are all over your back. They're like they're they're like swarming and landing all over the back of his his suit, his neck, the back of his head. As he tumbles in, they all kind of flutter about on the floor around you like dust, and then they begin to swarm up again and fly around this hotel room. Um, and you, Fred, you hear this chanting 
um, cry that Dorothy is, e- is echoing out from the bathroom. You hear what she's saying. Like it sounds like a ritual that she's performing. You know, the, the words that she is saying as she's identifying herself and speaking, you know, and saying Nyanlathotep, uh, just as you tumble into the floor, all right, and look up and you see Willow in the doorway of the restroom. Uh, but you don't see Dorothy, but you can hear her. She's up to something in the restroom. Mm. And are are we hearing this, like the noise of the glass breaking? And I think most of what Willow stuff? hears is the bugs. Okay. That that drone uh, of thousands of these little insects, mostly flying up and landing on the ceiling and gathering in clumps and moving about across the ceiling and down the wall and, and flying around the floors. Uh, that's mostly what they has heard. The gr- the glass breaking sounds are muted by the drones. All right, Fred, uh, what do you want to do before we cut back to Dorothy? Um, he honestly half st- well not half he he stumbles in. Um, at this point, I think he's on like half conscious, uh, feeling extremely detached, as if he's just in a, a very terrible bad dream. Um, like he almost has an outsider view of what's going on, uh, but he's also probably panicking a bit, uh, starting to, to take very rapid breaths, especially since the locusts were, were basically everywhere. Um, so as soon as he stumbles in, his eyes are wide. Uh, the hand holding his gun is, is shaking uh, and he's looking around the room for any indicator to what's going on. Uh, the, the sounds of the droning behind him and around him and, and the chanting, I think is all of it is just too much at the moment. So he would he would almost like crawling on the floor uh, would go for a, a, a phone. All right, good. All right, the phone is over to your right. So he starts crawling that direction. Yep. He, he half right. falls on the whatever like small table it's on. Um, yeah. Actually, the phone would be next to where the beds are. Yep. Which is where the box springs are, which um, it actually is kind of in view of the restroom. So as you close, crawl over there, um, you know, you if, just looking over your shoulder, there's the silhouette of Willow in the doorway of the restroom, blocking most of your view, and the the locusts beginning to land on the box spring and all over the ceiling and part of on the wall. Some of them landing next to the uh, the phone, the motel room phone, as Fred reaches for it. Uh, we'll cut back over to Dorothy. Um, the large shadowy figure before you uh, once again moves its wings up and down and makes that strange cough laugh sound and says, So I call you the heart with the serpents. Yes. And you wish for me to not be what I am. I wish for you to leave these people alone for a thousand years. That's very noble of you. I come when the darkness comes at the end of the plagues, at the summoning, when the stars align, I come and your wishes do not stop me. Well, then I guess I'll have to stop the summoning. Do you wish to bargain? Willow says yes. 
It looks that Willow, that just the head perceptibly raising slightly above where Dorothy stands in defiance at the taller woman behind, it says, What is your name? Dorothy whips her head and looks at, at Willow. Willow says, Sarah. You lie. I do. What do you wish to be called? Sarah. Very well. Do you speak to me as the angel? Or as Nyarlathotep? Or some other name that your people have given me? What do you wish to be called? In this visage, I am peace. I am sleep. I am darkness. But as such, my powers are not. Hmm. Tell me what you wish for, Sarah. And perhaps I shall choose another form. Knowledge. Yes. This I do grant to many such as you, but none with your power. You are the wolf slayer, Sarah. But you will kill the lamb. I look at the small girl in the tub and then back at the shadow. Yeah. As you look at the shadow, the wings begin to come um, come in more and kind of fold around um, and gather around the body of the shadow and then slowly fall like a cloak. And then it looks almost like um, it settles to the floor and touches the floor and becomes one with the floor and rises up in um, an edifice of a cloaked individual with a dark a cloak and a dark face. And where there was the, um, the funeral, uh, funeral mask, um, it recedes to the face of a, a man. You see the characteristics of a man, well-defined, the strong cheeks, the strong chin, the brow, it's head, hairless. But there is features there of a, a man in black, obsidian-colored skin. Um, there is no white in the eyes. It's just darkness. Strong nose, chin, covered in a, basically a dark cowl as it stands there. Um, maybe seven and a half feet, not quite as tall as the angel, but no longer in the form of an angel. As it stands there, it's, it's uh, the hands folded inside the cloak, and it looks in your direction, Willow. And and Dorothy, when this happens, Dorothy kind of whispers. She just says, the Black Pharaoh. He says, you wish to be called Sarah. Seems fitting at the moment. I see other names. I'm open to suggestions. You are the hammer. I see. I see like a sickle, a harvester. To me, those symbols represent oppression. I, I would never want to be anything oppressing others. But you do. What is the knowledge that you wish, and what is the offer that you give me? Dor Dorothy just says, don't. I want to cut back to Fred. Uh, Fred, the phone is yours um, as you pick it up. Um, 
You hear that that telltale uh, dial tone when you take the phone off the receiver. Yeah, he dials right away if if the phone works. Um, he dials for for emergency. All right. Um, as you dial, basically, um, you notice that there's no outside line. Mm-hmm. So it, it um it rings a bit, and then there's a there's a someone that picks up. There's a, uh, yeah, that's the front desk. Call call nine one one now. I already did. Fred just stumbles. Usually, he always like has a, a preconceived response. Uh, he just doesn't know what to say. How many of them are there? Too many. Uh, are 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 they gonna be here soon? I don't know. They. they... I, I told them that there's there's people shoot the guns. Um, um, uh, I, I'm, I locked the front I'm, door. I, I don't know how many people there. Is, um, I I called them already. Then there's there's bugs everywhere. Call again. Tell a, a DEA agent and FBI agent are being assaulted by a cult. Call again. All right. I, I, all right. I'll call. All right. Hangs up. He he holds the phone, not hearing that she hung up. Are you there? And you hear the dial tone again. Uh, uh, he slams it probably... Honestly, I think it, it stumbles to the ground. The cord just kind of swinging back and forth. Um, Fred just looks over his shoulder thinking that he's followed by perhaps uh, uh, church members. Um, gun still in hand, shaking. He's He's gonna look through the window and, and if any shape steps in, he's gonna shoot. Um, he, uh, what you see Fred and hear at the same time um, is a shotgun blast. Uh, and you see the front door of the hotel. As you look towards the door in your room, uh, the large dresser has been pushed up against the door. Mm-hmm. All right, and barricaded. And then there's like there's um, another dresser as well that's been placed against the door as well. So two-thirds of the door is, is hiding behind furniture. Mm-hmm. All right. But then somewhere near the top of that two-thirds, you see the wood from the hotel room door um, break inward. And you hear the telltale sound of a shotgun ringing from somewhere outside the hotel. And you hear the sound, uh, that the cocking, clicking sound of a cartridge being ejected. And you hear another shotgun blast ring into the door. And you see the whole front door of the hotel quiver and shake as parts of it break near the top. Where another shotgun blast is going off. He he's gonna see if uh, he's gonna take a look to see if uh, Willow. Uh, right now, I think he can only see Willow from like the half entrance of the bathroom. If she she he imagines he she heard that. Um, right. Good. So we cut back to Willow. Willow's back at her back to you, Fred, and Willow's looking at at this man. He's asked a question. So how do you respond, Willow? I seek the knowledge to undo what John Belfort has done. And I offer a soul you would never have access to in any other state. You offer me a single soul? When I can harvest millions? This one you could never touch. Speak its name. Charles Duke. You offer your father? I do. 
and you believe the weight of his soul would mean more to me than the weight of so many firstborns. All of those firstborns have done nothing as significant as my father. Even there's some total. Ah, uh, but you see, to me, a life is but a life, and these lives have very little distinct meaning. Unless it is they, they can do, that they are doing. I do not need a different sacrifice when Balfour, my agent, his promises far outweigh what you offer me, and I would never break my word to one who has allegiance to me. Is there something different that I can do? Knowledge I have. Souls mean nothing. Balfour has no allegiance to you. It matters not. He does what it is that I wish and what will happen brings me great joy. I've told you plenty. You, heart with the servant. You know exactly what you need to do. You don't need my assistance. I will keep my word to John Balfour, and when I come, I will have my reward. Is there something else I can give you? She just stares at this thing with a, a death glare. Is there something that you can do for me, heart with the serpent? She's silent. Hmm. It, and you, Sarah, is there something that you would be willing to do? Would you sign my book? Can I see the book? Of course. Um, it sort of reaches into the cloak, the blackness, and... and and bends over slightly on the bathroom floor, right into the middle of where the the sigil has been painted with a red lipstick, and spreads his hands open, revealing what appears to be, um, from the shadows, um, a, a, a manuscript of some, uh, an ancient manuscript with parchment paper, uh, leather bindings, um, and thick weathered pages. Um, and then the book itself is open so that two-thirds of it is on the right side, and you see on the facing page uh, these signatures written. Right? Um, and they're across the entire right-hand, the left-hand side of the page. And then on the right, there's a few other signatures and a space. And then sitting in the middle of the book, like a bookmark, is kind of an odd uh, fountain pen, a dark fountain pen with this kind of red filigree etched mm -hmm. into it, kind of uh, holding the book open. And he stands slowly and tucks his hands back into the cloak. The hands vanish into the darkness. And says, Sign your name in this book, and I will grant you what it is that you truly wish for. No, don't do it. We'll look at Dorothy and try to be neutral in expression. Right. So let's cut back to Fred. <laughs> All right, Fred, uh, you hear part of the conversation. You hear Dorothy, don't do it. Willow looking at Dorothy. Uh, you can't quite see what's happening in the restroom, but 
they're not far away from you. Fred, is there anything you want to do? As much as I hate to say it, he, he understands. I think between the shotgun blasts that are very much deadly, very much literally at the door, and, and the strange thing that's happening in the bathroom, I think he feels like what's more dangerous is what's in the bathroom. Um, but but he needs to go there. It's, it's a profound need to see what's going on and try to help. Um, and and ho- holding his wound with his right hand and at the same time holding his gun, he's going to hold his weight following the wall and, and peek inside the bathroom. And as Fred uses the wall to support him, brushing locusts off with each step, kind of stumble, you move over to where Willow is blocking your view and just just see enough, just see enough over Willow's shoulder to see the form of, of the of the dark man standing in the bathroom, covered in a black cloak with his the black his black face and skin and hands there standing before Dorothy in a summoning circle of some sort and Willow and roll sanity for me, Fred. Crit fail, crit fail, crit fail. Hold on, I dropped one die. Oh. <laughs> it is a failure, and I rolled a sixty-nine. Oh. Ah, okay. Well, not a not a crit, but still a failure. Yep. So. Um, in in other home games, that would be a critical success. Mm. That would be yes. So that's four Sandy, unless you want to put that on a bond, and you may not be able to put all that on a bond. What do you think? Can I react while this is going on? After, I want to see what Fred does first. <laughs> Let's see how he responds, but then Willow. He's about to suffer more. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Fuck, man. I don't know. Screw it. No. All right. Don't no? No. And so I, my assumption is Fred has crossed his breaking point. Yes, by All right. two points. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh man. So, uh, well, to keep that in mind, you don't don't go temporarily insane. But but seeing this happen is the thing that cr- makes Fred cross the breaking point. So as we work on his uh, what, the damage that has been done to him, it will be related to the unnatural. How does Fred respond before Willow does something even crazier? Still kind of half like holding his weight, like he's he's keeled over at this point. Um, hair completely disheveled, uh, uh, the lower half of his of his of what he's wearing completely covered in blood. He's also honestly pretty grimed by all the locusts that I imagine just smashed into him and the ones he smashed himself and he just crushed along the way. Uh, so he looks completely awful. Uh, he's exhausted. He hasn't slept for what three to four days uh he's looking like he's he looks like almost like a a a corpse honestly Uh, and eyes wide he's just looking at at what is unfolding and he's gonna start mouthing uh almost like starting to say what and and his eyes kind of grow a bit wider in realization when he sees the book And he's uh, Dorothy would like to do something too. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. So should we have Dorothy or Willow go first? 
Dorothy, if she sees Willow reaching for the pen, she's going to react right. with a particular thing. But well, let's, but let's see what Willow um, does then. So Matt, what is, yeah. Well, what does Willow do? Well, hang on, hang on, Matt. Were you were you done or were you? Well, I, I apologize. Oh, I it's okay. No, no worries. He stands a bit up, and he he has this weird smile creep like just across his face. It looks malign and 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 just off and he starts laughing that's and, perfect and clapping his, his hand on his on his thigh just <laughs> of course <laughs> you as well <laughs> you as well <laughs> and keels over again out of sheer pain uh yeah a complete Excellent. wreck so willow what do you do Reaching the small of my back, pull out my pistol, and put two rounds in Regina's head. And then ask the shadowy figure if that was the hammer or the sickle. I don't think you should... I'm not going to make you roll for that, because I think with, at this range, she's unconscious, laying in the tub, um, and you can point blank do this. So that... You will succeed... And making that shot, if that's what you want to do. And that's not what... Dorothy was expecting something different, so I don't think Dorothy is prepared to stop this from happening. Yeah, so Dorothy's mind is totally on something else, so she is not expecting this. Fred is having a, a complete mental breakdown outside, and he's not prepared to stop this. And Regina is asleep. She is not able to stop this. So the echoing sound of the gunshot in this closed confinement of the bathroom and... And the shower sounds echoing, just the the report of those two quick shots and bursts. And there's a splatter across the whole back of the shadow as those rounds go off. Um, Willow, roll Sandy for me. If I succeed well here, can I have maintained eye contact with the uh, shadow the whole time? I think if you fail, you probably would as well. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a 46, and I have 65. Okay, so that's a success, but um, given what we're we're dealing with here, I'm trying to weigh this out. It's still going to be for Sandy, despite the success. Okay. Now, does she want to take that loss, or is she going to push that on one of her bonds? Is this George's fault, for instance? Willow wouldn't be able to justify this away. This is on Willow. Willow's crossed the line for anybody. Like, this is straight up playing in pawns that are dangerous, so she takes the hit to herself, straight to her face. She has to. Mark off the the four Sandy. Um, Dorothy, roll Sandy. Yeah, Dorothy shouts. Uh, It's a 73. That's a failure. Okay. So this is going to be worse for you. Actually, it's three, which is actually which is not worse, but still. Okay. Yeah. But uh, so the the impact uh, will probably hit her later, but at the moment it's just three. Because I can't help myself. Can you mechanically explain what happened? I lost two for shooting an innocent, just straight up, right? I think it, I think it was four. It's four, just because yeah. I killed an innocent in cold blood, like just. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. In the book, I don't know, Tom, what you were rolling necessarily, yeah. but. It's, yeah, it's, it's usually it's high. one slash one d ten, 
Uh, but I, 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 I changed to 1d4 slash 1d10 given the situation that we're, we have here before us. So, I mean, it's brutal. Uh, like, it, it should affect everybody's psyche. Like, that's a horrible, yeah. horrible thing yeah. to do. Uh, Fred, I'm not making a roll for, for, obviously, because of Fred's, for two reasons, but Fred knows one of them. The other one is Fred's having a nervous breakdown right now. He's really not even in position to he, 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 notice. He might notice, he might not, he might make the link. It doesn't matter. Fred's hardly here, right? Like, there's a visage of Fred. Yeah, Fred is not entirely here. No. Um, after those shots ring out and deafen in the closed, confined bathroom, and there's a splatter across the wall, and you look at the dark figure before you, and your response was, say again. Was that the hammer or the sickle? The sickle. Do you know how to stop the ritual then, Sarah? No, Willow would look to Dorothy. Dorothy reaches into her pocket and pulls out the folded paper of the star that Regina drew. He nods, the man before you. He says, good, good. Do you think that will protect you? Well, I I guess we're going to find out. Try me. Why this is going on, like, is she's glad Dorothy's talking. She wants to look at the last entry in the book real bad the last name you see is sarah balfour dorothy unfolds the paper and places it into the book Hmm. Uh, he reaches down and takes the paper and picks it up and puts it in front of him and turns it about 90 degrees and then turns it and shows it to you This is the proper orientation. But you have not cast it. You haven't put a single ounce of yourself in this item. He crumples it up with his hands and kind of wads it into a ball. And just, and it, it's, it's gone. It has no power. Dorothy makes a mental note of the orientation that he showed her. Um, or later, in case. Um, but she's she stands there looking fierce. She doesn't say anything, and she is starting to cry. Like, tear up and stuff. Is your heart broken? How could it be broken? It's, it's girded by a serpent. The serpents can eat your heart for all I care. What is it you want from me? She doesn't say anything. You have until my servant arrives, which is very little time. As soon as the darkness consumes your lives, well, they mean nothing to me. So, Sarah, you have demonstrated um, ambition. Is there something else you offer other than the life of your father? Every bargain has to have value to both sides. You say a single soul is not worth the pleasure of the many you will get. So why does my soul have any value to you? It doesn't, but you can do things for me. Maybe one thing. 
One thing is all I require. What if I only require one thing? Then it's a fair trade. Hmm. Against my better judgment, I'm going to look at Dorothy. So Dorothy turns to look at you, and I think I think she would basically point out of the bathroom, nod, nod her head or something, and just say, let's go. We have to go. If you go outside, you don't want to wait to you. Do you wish that I and that my people spare your lives? That I can give you. What makes you think my life has any more value to me than it does you? Oh, I could give you that in exchange for you giving me something else. You know, that's not a fair bargain. Because I don't put any value on my life. Then whose life do you value? George Lewiston. Do you wish to see George alive? Yes. I can give you the knowledge to make that so. Knowledge is what it is that you ask. She would break for just a second and be like, actual, like, Pharaoh. Like, she would just, like, think to herself and mumble out loud, like, actually is this entity in front of her what her mind is composing it to be right i feel like she would be struggling super hard with that and understanding you know like trying to give it a logical basis right like some kind of track to where this entity could actually do any of this stuff Uh, roll sandy for me willow as she ponders this 32 of 61. Okay. Yeah, so um, no steady loss, but she's having, she is struggling. She is having a hard time believing at this point. So she, her faith is lacking, or she just doesn't want to believe. But yeah, that's where she is right now. How's Dorothy doing? Where's she at? I mean, she's practically frozen. Yeah. She's, she's not sure what to do. She's silent when, when this thing is asking her you know, what she wants or what she can give it because there's nothing. She, there's nothing. Uh, At this moment, there's, um, you hear a strange whirring, whining, um, popping sound um, and the lights go out. So what little light there was in the bathroom is gone. Uh, The lights in the hotel room, the lamps that were lit, pop, pop, they all just, they go out. Um, And pretty much any other lights that there were uh, are gone. And for the moment you find yourself in the darkness and this dark man in the darkness is almost imperceivable. Um, your eyes are blinking to try to get make sense of this. You feel the bugs crawling all over you at this point, starting to land on your shoulders, landing on the side of your face, landing your head, landing your arms. Fred, they're, they're dancing with you. Um, they're there as they were covering your wounds, soaking the blood up from you. Um, you feel them in your flutter in your face and, and your nose. Uh, and Dorothy, you start to feel these the, the locusts uh, begin to come and land all over your back and kind of crawl up your back in small bundles and groups and uh, over your shoulder and work their way through the collar of your shirt and down beneath your shirt, 
for into your skin. All right, and so I think she starts freaking out. So there's darkness, and there is locusts, and there is you're in this room, this small confined space, and there is a smell of cordite and the smell of fresh blood, uh, and this being still standing here. Um, what do you do? I don't think she knows what to do. Um, any anything that she would have read about, she doesn't think really is going to do anything here. Nothing she's tried so far has worked. I think she thinks this whole thing was a mistake. I I think she's going to try to leave the room. So as you turn like out of the room, so Wes apologizes. Willow does not. Willow would take the pen and literally in Regina's blood, sign the book. All right. So that, that happens. It's a scribble. All right. And there's a quick motion. All right. Um, and you set the pen down. Um, Dorothy, where do you go or what do you do at this moment? Well, I don't know that she can see anything, but I think she's going to try to, if she noticed that Fred was there, uh, if he, you know, come in and, and was laughing and clapping and, and stuff, I think she's going to try to get down to him and, and start trying to help. And she's brushing these bugs off, you know, left and right from, from herself from him, she's going to kind of try to feel around and see if there's a blanket, you know, still on the bed to, to sort of help with, uh, you know, wrap them up or, or something. She's desperate and she doesn't know what to do. You, uh, at the moment, Fred is like hidden in the corner right next to the door with his gun in his hand. Hands are not shaking anymore whatsoever. And he's just bent down waiting for someone to barge in through the door with just this creepy ass smile on his face, um, and you hear him under his breath saying, "Come on, come on, fuckers, come, come here, get inside. Come on, I'm, I'm here. I'm, come on." Just covered in locusts. And he's almost finding that he, he, he looks like he, he seems to find this funny. Like he's, he's got weird kind of. It, it's like a laughter, but it's not, it's not healthy whatsoever. Like he's almost choking on it. Um... If you come to help him, he doesn't seem to to really see you. You're not really there. Um, what I would do, however, since I just hit my my uh, breaking point and I gained a new disorder, yeah. He he realizes that she's there and that she's trying to help. So. I will roll sand to see if I add Dorothy as a bond. As per the rules. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I think is that a half charisma? I'm trying to remember. Um I think it's like like half or eight not, or something like that. It's not full? It's not like it's full. It's like a half bond. Yeah. Okay. It's half okay. half my charisma. All right. So, um, but Dorothy, give me another Sandy roll for helplessness in the situation that, that you find yourself in. Yeah. 58 under 65. Uh, success. Okay. So she is keeping it together. All right. So no Sandy lost mm-hmm. there. But the, the, the situation she's in is, is probably the worst she's ever been in as everything is going in dire hell straits. around her. So, um, Fred, you, you see part of the door being broken open and you make out but looks like someone's head, a person, just a shape, somewhere in the darkness. 
But that's that's enough. Like, give me a firearms roll for Fred. Yep. Oh fuck. Ooh. Hold on, where is it? Come on, firearms. Um, minus twenty, twenty uh, percent. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be minus twenty. Not yeah, minus twenty. Minus, not minus forty at this point. Just minus twenty. Okay. A failure, but not by much. So you just take you take the shot, and um, you don't really notice an impact. You don't. You can't tell. All right. Uh, but you do see the the shape of the face or the head move to the side, kind of out of the way. All right. And um, so Willow, when you finish and step back. Um, little bits of blood drops falling on the on the bathroom floor. All right, as he looks at you, and it reaches out. Uh, she reaches into his cloak, and reaches down and places something on the floor beside the book. It looks like it's another smaller, like a diary-sized book, that he's placed there. And he's gonna stands up again. And again, just to clarify, at this point, it looks like. An obsidian man in a robe. Yes, a, a man, a man in a robe, um, slightly taller than you. It's a little bit taller, um, but, well, but chiseled jaw, strong, strong brows, strong face, bald, um, some musculature beneath the robe. He looks like a well-built, very stocky, uh, very fit. Um, maybe a man who's healthy in his twenties or thirties, uh, but you can barely make any features out. There's no whites to his eyes. Dark eyes, dark features, blackest of black skin. But I'd still be able to logically get to the fact that, okay, this could have been a person at some point, right? Yeah, it's possible. Willow's mind is searching for logical excuses, right? Um, I would pick up the smaller book and just stow it in, like, jacket pocket somewhere that safe right and i will give you something else sarah oh when my servant comes don't look okay is our bargain struck i believe so you will have what it is that you ask for and we may see each other again. So he um, he basically turns in the cloak, so he's not facing you. His back is to you, and moves towards the toilet and the wall that's there, and moves through and into and into the darkness that is engulfing this entire motel. And it's just like he just the shadows, and he is no longer with you. Uh, roll sanity. Oof. 53. Which is a success or? A little success. Okay, good. All right, so you're, you're fine with this. His book is gone, uh, but you have your book. Your book remains. All right. Okay. Um, so, Fred, yeah, another, you kind of make out what looks like another of a head, maybe a, the half of a face, someone looking around a corner, that sort of like the quick motion in the hole that is the door. You want to get another shot, Fred? I don't think he'd shoot. I think he'd just sprint forward and try to grab a gun or whatever person is there. All right. So he didn't see a gun. He just basically looks like something or someone outside is trying to look in the room. Do you want to run to the door or 
in a normal situation, he'd know that that's a very bad idea. This is not a normal situation. He just wants to fuck shit up. So he'll just sprint forward and try to grab someone hostage. All right. So the the room, the space you have in the is kind of a top corner of the door that's been busted and shot through. Is what yep. you're looking at. So it's a hole that's been gouged out by multiple shotgun buckshot fire, and it's maybe about the size of a baseball glove, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe the size of a person's head mm. would fit through there, but not much else. Uh, but you could definitely fit your hand through if you wanted to do that. Yeah, he'd try either that or, or if if the, the door is completely broken, he'd try to kick it uh, so it slams on whoever's on the other side. Yeah. It's still been and barricaded. Re- oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, while while this is going on, Dorothy is basically just going to like run to a corner of the room behind the bed and just sort of cower. Okay. Good, good, good call. Good call. So, uh, Fred, do you want to mess with that barricade at all? Do you want to wait? Do you want to ambush? I mean, where's Fred right in this moment? Mm-hmm. I think he he would rush. He, he wanted to rush in, but the barricade is like in his way, so he'd just shoot through the door to okay. whoever's on I, the other side. Just give me um, a firearms roll. Just tell me what the number is. Like just kind of a blind yep. fire. So let me know what you get. Forty-seven. Okay. So um, how many shots do you want to fire? <laughs> All of them. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Yep. Just, <laughs> give, give me two more rolls as, as you empty the clip into the door. Yep. 29. 94. Okay, got it. Okay. So um, this, the shots are silenced. You know, there's just the, the click, the, the, the slight flicking sound yep. of it go, you know, of those shots coming out and the jerking feeling in your hand as every shot rings out, and you group them pretty tightly, you know, at, at this door, and right right above where the furniture is. So and you see the holes, you know, all, all the holes in the side of the door, and so you feel the click-click of your gun, but there's no more rounds. Um, so, the, you know, the chamber is empty. He keeps squeezing. All right. Will, anything else you want to do before we move uh, to the next moment? Yes. Tell where the two bodies are. There's only one body. Oh, there's there's also um, Lindsay. She's, well, it's not a body yet. She's not a body yet, but she's laying in the tub, it's and she's about got. To be. She's um, beginning to soak in blood. This blood is starting to fill the tub around her. Uh, I'm gonna put the same pistol that I use to shoot Regina in her mouth. Pull the trigger as close to a suicide as I can get to. I'm gonna rack the shell, make sure that the brass stays in the tub. Uh, stand up, kind of look at the wall and like make sure that there's no feathers, for lack of a better word, around. And then I had a shotgun. I assume the shotgun's like at the doorway. Grab the shotgun, rack it, and go help Fred. So you're you're leaving the gun with Lindsay's body, correct? No, I'm taking the gun, but I'm making sure casing stays and because it's coming back to my weapon. Like, there's no... I have a plan for it. But the weapon's still with me. I still have most of a mag. All right. Roll Sandy for me as you do this. Because I killed another innocent. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 18. 
I told you our willow was tough. <laughs> so, um, so I'm going to make this D4. This is three sanity damage because this, okay. this is, you know, this is George's niece and not just a stranger. Right. So Who did all the passed. right shit. Like she did yeah. everything right. She, uh, like, even though Willow passed her roll, there's still three, still three Sandy damage despite that based on who she's killing. Yeah. This is all bad for, <laughs> I don't know. So it's interesting. How, Willow how, brain. how close is she to her breaking point? Two. Okay. That's good. That's what I thought. She's, she's almost there. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, as she's in the process of basically doing all this and standing up and starting to take a step out of the bathroom, um, everyone, not just Willow, everyone feels the building shake. Um, it sounds like a tree has fallen on top of the building. That's the sound that you hear. It's a thump, a rumble, a crash somewhere on the roof as something really hard is shaking the entire foundation of this motel. All right, you can hear a creaking, groaning sound coming from above you within the supports of the, of the roof and the ceiling. And the darkness, you can't make out what's going on. Uh, but you almost feel it like a little earthquake. And then you hear um, the sounds of, of something settling or moving or shifting like a large weight being redistributed above you. Um, like like a car or a dumpster or something massive is on the roof of this building, shifting around, sliding a little bit, and creaking and creeping and snapping and breaking things, and there's a sh- the whole structure is shimmering and shaking. Right, then you f- hear this peeling sound as large pieces of the roof are beginning to be pulled away. Above you, you can hear things being torn, tearing, rending, ripping, tugging, pulling, and um, the air changes. Uh, something outside, and there's bugs start swarming in from above you, Willow. I, I'll tell you what I want to do. You can tell me how much of it I get done. I want to get around the corner towards Dorothy, and I'm hoping that she's in between the bed and the wall. I think the wall being the bathroom. Yep. That's where she and is. I would go towards her to cover her, and I would yell at Fred eyes, like put everything I got into eyes. All right, Fred. Um, so you do that. You run over there. You tackle Dorothy. You jump on her. Dorothy, do you resist at all? No, I don't think so. Fred, what do you do? So you yelled eyes to him. Eyes. He's gonna reload his weapon and 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 just. Turn to fuck. look at what the fuck is going on. Yeah. So you see Willow tackle Dorothy and let, just tackle her and lay on top of her. And Dorothy's off in the corner behind the bed frame. You know, kind of. She, Dorothy's a cover. Willow's on top of her. Eyes. Fred, do you. And you can feel this. The ceiling. Something is happening to the roof of this building. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? He yells. So, um, in a moment where the bathroom sits, um, something falls into the bathroom. As you hear it, you don't see it. You hear a clamor and a smashing sound as something is fills the bathroom. 
All right, and you hear, you feel the sound of the air being blown about you, like a huge gust of wind is flying through and you know through the whole room, like a small hurricane has arrived. Um, and then there's a strange crying sound of a deep-throated animal from somewhere within the hotel room, within the bathroom. And you suddenly feel the motion. Fred, do you do anything or do you stay put? Hearing that like something is moving in here with him, I, I think he just, at this point, this is all just completely too much. Um, I think he, he just like fall to the ground um, and and trying to hold back laughter as at, at how completely absurd all of this all this the situation what's been happening since the start his life everything all of it's just a big joke really it, it takes just a few moments you feel the wind moving the breeze blowing the strange noises you hear the structure cracking from the inside and then you feel the whoosh from within the bathroom as the roof is broken open and the the, the hum and the drone of the locusts coming in from the huge gaping hole in the ceiling directly above the bathroom. Um, Dorothy and, and Willow remain hidden, but Fred, something was in the bathroom. Uh, it's probably gone. What do you do? I'm real sad for this. I have no idea. Go for it. Oh my god, success. He hides. Okay. Something fucking weird is going on. Like, he, he has a brief moment of... of You're going to die. Like, do something. Uh, so he... He tries to hide wherever he can. Is, is what I would right. say. He loses one sanity... Uh, from the from the unnatural, essentially, and he yeah. hides, and a few moments later, um, all is still. The room is just the bugs and the creeping of the locusts and the motion, and there's a bit of moonlight that comes in through the bathroom, kind of shining down on the broken frame of where everything was. And as Fred glances, um, the toilet is the porcelain toilet has been smashed. It's absolutely gone. The the sink has been destroyed. The bathtub is also halfway gone, and the two bodies that were in the tub are both gone. Just the blood smears and stains remain, kind of leaking from the broken tub down onto the, uh, the linoleum of the bathroom floor.